What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Good morning to those of you tuning online. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. What I want to do though is right now encourage you, if you're tuning online, if you've not joined us yet on a Sunday morning, to come visit us next Sunday at 381 East Deerwood Drive right here in Jackson, Missouri. We start at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning at the Jackson Civic Center. We would love to meet you and your families. Today, for those of you that have noticed, this is a little bit different. We had some technical difficulties this morning when we was during the service, so the camera quit on us, and we were unable to tape this morning's message. So what I've elected to do is go ahead and re-preach that to those of you tuning online this morning. So those of you tuning now, this is a little different than the way we normally do it, but I want to invite you to continue tuning. Maybe check out some of the other videos if you want to see some live stuff. But right now it is just me and you talking, and I am going to talk to you this morning about our mission. Our mission as a church. I just This is the brand new series. We're starting it today. We began it this morning in service. If you missed it, this is your chance to check out exactly what I spoke this morning at the Jackson Civic Center. Our key passage before we begin is going to be in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. I'm not going to read that just yet because what I want to do is show you, for those of you who may have missed it in the video you just saw, our mission statement as a church. Because what we believe is that each church, if it's in existence and it's a separate church, should have its own mission that it's trying to accomplish. Yes, I understand the overall mission of every church ought to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, seeing, seeing lives saved, seeing lives changed, baptizing, all the things we do as churches. But here, I'm here to let you know today that if you're out there and you're established as a church, God doesn't just put you there to say, oh, we got another place to sit on Sunday mornings. That's not the purpose of church. If he has given you a vision for a church or if you're a part of a church, you need to begin to figure out what the mission of that particular church is. Because if we were all about, which we are about the same thing, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, but if we were all going to just do that and didn't have any other purposes, why not all of us meet in the same facility? Each church is different. Each church has its own way of delivering the gospel message to people. Here's our mission. I'm going to go ahead and show it to you. For those of you that aren't familiar, you've heard it before if you've been tuning in for any time because I go over it several times because our mission is to effectively lead a generation of believers to a closer relationship with God through discipleship training, athletics, entertainment, business, family, and in all walks of life. This will be accomplished by giving people the opportunity to freely worship God through the exercising of their gifts and effectively sharing Jesus Christ with others. If you caught the intro video on today's message, 
You saw that mission statement because we put the whole thing there. But for those of you who may have missed it, that is our mission statement. That is the sole purpose of Next Level Freedom Church. Everything down to our logo has a purpose. It's by design. We didn't just launch another church last year just to say, oh, we got another place we can worship. We want to do our own thing. No, we launched a church because about seven or eight years ago now, God gave me a vision for a church. Now, granted, I didn't expect it to be in Jackson, Missouri. I was actually headed a different direction. But when God called me back to Jackson, Missouri, that's when we began to launch this vision he had given me. So, there's more to us, and I don't have time to get into all that today because I want to get to the messages, to the message that we had this morning at church. But we have a mission. We have a purpose. Each church should have a purpose. You, not only should you have a purpose in your church, a mission in your church, but you should have a mission in your everyday life. Here's going to be the key passage for the next several weeks as we begin talking about our mission as a church. Coming out of Galatians chapter 6, I kind of said this a minute ago, verses 7 through 10, here's what it says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's a key factor in what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. Verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Our mission statement, that long thing I just went over with you that you saw on the screen, can be summed up into five words. Reaching others where they're at. That's it. That's what we're about as a church. We are trying to be like Jesus. Jesus went to people exactly where they were at in life. He reached their needs exactly where they were at, wherever it was. If you've been a Christian for a hundred years, you're still alive, guess what? If you're still alive, God still has a purpose for you. You don't need to be giving up on life just yet. I don't care if you're 150 years old. I'm using big examples because I don't want you to think that I've left you out. However old you are to however young you are doesn't determine what, if you're still here, then God still has a purpose for you and you need to figure out what that purpose is in your life and our church that's really what we're about we want to be able to reach the strongest Christians with more give them more go a little deeper on the gospel message maybe dig a little deeper into different things and we're going to talk some ways we do that today in this message but also we want to be able to reach the simple person the person that maybe has never been to church in their life and they're sitting out there and they're like I don't get this stuff I don't understand this stuff we need to be able to reach every individual right where they're at in life but as we're doing that there can be times where we tend to want to just give up throw in the towel say okay I've had enough I'm done God says we don't need to do that what did he say he said here in this passage the key passage for this series let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up just because maybe you haven't seen that vision that God has given you come to pass just yet doesn't mean God's forgotten you it just means he's preparing you and during that time of waiting you need to be preparing yourself for what God has for your life going into 1st Corinthians now chapter 14 here's what it says we're gonna be reading verses 33 
that we're going to jump down and read 39 to 40. Here's why we need a mission. Here's why we need order in our churches, because the Bible tells us so. But let's check out verse 33 in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Interesting. Some people would think, but some, some people, have you ever been to the church where you feel like there's no order at all to what they're doing? God's not a God of disorder. It just told us that in Scripture. But He's a God of peace, as in, the as in all the congregation of the Lord's people. In other words, all churches, He is a God of order. He's not a God of disorder. If you jump down to verse 39, now we're not skipping the in-between because there's nothing important there, but what he does is he begins to list some examples. But when you get down to verse 39, here's what Paul had to say. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Those are two things that we believe in here at Next Level Freedom Church. But check out verse 40. Verse 40 says, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Whoa. Some of us didn't even realize that was in the Bible. Everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So why does God give us a mission? So that we can accomplish just that. Whatever it is he has given us to accomplish, there is an order to what he's trying to get to see happen. You look at the creation story in Genesis, and God took, and as he created, you look, everything built towards the next thing. We're not going to get off on that, but if you read that, you begin to understand that he did this so that this could be happening. He, he put it all together, and I've talked about that in other series. So, but where we're going to be keying in today is in Galatians chapter 6. So you're going to be staying in chapter 6 where the key passage was, but you're just jumping up to the verse 1. Here's what it says. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Woo, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. What is he saying here? People need to be brought gently in. That's why our mission and our vision is about reaching others where they're at, wherever they're at in life. Maybe they're sitting there, or maybe you're sitting there watching me, and your life feels like it's falling apart around you. We need to be able to reach you where you're at. What are the needs you have in this moment so that we can guide you into God's love? But what he says is, if we live by the Spirit, we should gently bring that person in. But however, he did give a warning there at the end. He said, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So what he's saying is, it, while you're trying to pull that individual in, or while you're trying to help that individual, don't forget your place and start falling into the same sin that maybe they're falling into, because then you become useless. You're in the same mess. So what you're trying to do is pull them out without getting in a mess yourself. So he's warning you to beware there. If you go through our Growth Track classes, which we're going to talk here in just a minute, the Growth Track book, one of the things we talk about in the Growth Track book is this. In all our beliefs, we show charity. Charity can also be translated love. We show love. Everything we do should be about love. Let me prove it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read verses 1 through 7. Here is what Paul says. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only resounding a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. In other words, if you don't have love and you're praying in tongues and doing all these things out loud, you are just making a whole lot of noise. You're not doing anything. You're not accomplishing 
anything. There's an order to what God is trying to accomplish. But check it out. He goes on. From there, he says, verse 2, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. In other words, even though I can prophesy, I got faith that can move mountains, if I can do all of that, but I don't have love, I'm worthless. I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm, I am nothing, is what he says. Verse 3 says, If I give all I possess to the poor, or give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, here he goes again, I gain nothing. So, you know, Jesus at one point in Scripture, he tells him to give away, sell all he has, and come follow him. Even if you do all of that, and you put your body in the worst position, but you're doing it to be able to boast about it, you've got no love in what you're trying to accomplish, then he says you gain nothing. You're not accomplishing anything without love. That's the same with the church. Now, check out verse 4. If you've been married or you've been to weddings, a lot of times you'll hear these verses come out in weddings. Here's what it says. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Some of you married couples out there, you can talk about that one. You ever had that time where that husband or that wife, they did something wrong, you put it in a little book in your mind, so the next time you made a mistake and they were telling you about it, you made sure to bring up the past. You don't need to be digging up those hatchets that you supposedly buried. you got to bury the hatchet, but we leave the handle sticking out. It's what the old song says. If you're married, you know exactly what that's talking about, but it says that love keeps no record of wrongs. Check it out. Verse 6 says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Verse 7, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Woo! He says a lot about love there. So my question this morning is, how are you showing love? Today's topic, and I don't think I mentioned it at the beginning, we're going to be talking over the next several weeks in our mission statement. There are six words right there in the middle of that mission statement. They are discipleship training, athletics, entertainment, business, family, and on all walks of life. Those are the things we're going to be discussing over the next several weeks as we take a look at our mission statement. Today's topic is discipleship training. Why do we do that? Well, in order to get to that point, you've got to learn how to love others first. That's why we're talking so much about love here at the beginning. In all our beliefs, we should be showing charity or we should be showing love. One of the ways we do discipleship training here at Next Level Freedom Church is Growth Track. We take you through Growth Track classes. In order to become a member of our church, you have got to go through Growth Track classes. We don't do that to say that you don't already know this stuff. What we do that for is to help you get from point A to point B. Not only do we talk about the basics of Christianity in that class, we talk about the vision of our church. Because if you, really to be honest, if you don't feel like you should be a part of our vision, then you've got no business attending church with us. You need to go somewhere else where you can line up with our vision and be a part. You've got to be somewhere where you can get on board with the vision of that house and push it forward and move forward as the church grows and becomes more and more established. So growth track, one of the things we do in Grove Track is to take, and it's 
It starts for baby Christians. So we start at the very beginning. We get into the basics of Christianity. Salvation, baptism, Lord's Supper. All those things are covered in our growth track classes. And we also, once again, talk about the vision of the church. So why do we do that? Check out Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 to 14. Here's what it says. Anyone who lives on milk... Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. He's talking about spiritually. If you're spiritually immature and you're not able to check out what verse 14 says, but solid food, some translation says meat, is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. In other words, Baby Christians got to learn how to grow up. If you have been saved for 30 years and you haven't grown or went anywhere, shame on you. It's on you because you should be growing in your own personal time, in your own personal Bible study time, your time that you spend with God on a daily basis. One thing we do in Grove Track is we start with the baby Christians. Assuming if you've never been saved, you get saved at the service. We take you through what we believe as Christians, but also as a church so that we can grow you and begin to disciple, as in discipleship training, disciple you to what God would have you to be. Check out John 8 verses 31 to 32. Here's what Jesus has to say. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, here it is, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is he saying? In order to be set free by the truth, you've got to know the truth. How can you know the truth? One, if you have no idea what Jesus is teaching, you never studied, you never went into depth. If you're not reading your word, you don't know what God says anyway, then that's what would put you in the category of a baby Christian. You've got to learn how to grow up. You've got to go from milk to meat, as one of the old sayings say. So we're going from milk to meat. Here. So that's what Jesus is talking about. You abide in his teaching, but how can you abide in his teaching if you don't know what his teaching is? That's why he says you need to do that to become one of his disciples. So one of the things we're trying to accomplish with Grove Track is to teach you what he says about different topics in his word. Another thing you'll find if you go through our Grove Track class is this. In essential beliefs, we have unity. Now what is an essential belief? belief. Well, an essential belief is one of the core doctrine beliefs. In other words, one example would be that you the only way to heaven, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, is to ask Christ in your heart. You've got to be saved in order to go to heaven. But in order to be saved, you've got to know that you're lost. That would be an example of a core doctrine. Another doctrine that we would consider an essential doctrine or an essential belief is the doctrine of the Trinity. We believe in a Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one yet separate persons. Can't explain that to you. If someone says they can, I assure you they can't because we don't understand that with our little carnal minds that we have. We don't know how they can be one and three at the same time. So we understand the Trinity. That would be what we would consider an essential belief in those things we have unity. Check out Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. Here's what it says. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope when you were called. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. If you don't believe the Father is in charge of everything, 
then you've got a problem. That's an essential belief. You have to believe there is one God. There is one faith. There is one, everything that was listed there in those particular verses. Check out, if we jump on, if we want to move on, though, then go back to Galatians 6, where we were at a minute ago. Jump down to verse 2. Check out what it says. More about discipleship training. Here it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Another way that we have discipleship training at the church is in small groups. What's a small group? Those are the groups that meet outside the church on Sunday mornings. They're not just there on Sundays. They come on Sundays, but they meet throughout the week. They're building relationships with other people. They're growing stronger and stronger together as they grow closer to God. But also small groups, not only do they love you if you're out there and you're hurting, they love you back as in what the first verses were telling us to do. However, they also hold you accountable. That's the importance of small groups or relationships. You've got to have someone who is holding you accountable for your actions. So small groups help us to accomplish that. Or that sorry. John 13, 34-35. Here's what Jesus says about it. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What's Jesus say? You want people to know that you're a disciple of His? The way you do that is by loving one another. We've been hitting on this love thing hard because it's really about people. At the end of the day, it's about people. We've got to disciple people so they can grow closer in their relationship with God. Check out Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. See what it says here. Because I like these verses. I think these give a definite view on small groups. These tell us a lot about what we should be accomplishing in our small groups. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. Here's what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That tells me that they were building relationships. They were praying together. They were eating together. They were listening to the apostles teaching together. They had fellowship together. Verse 43. Everyone who has filled who was filled with, or everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Check out verse 45. It says, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. So they met at the church. They met there. But check out what else they did. But they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So even outside of the walls of the church, or in this case the temple, they were meeting in each other's houses, building relationships, breaking bread. In other words, they were getting to know each other. They were getting to know each other's needs. They ate together. They were glad. They had sincere hearts. They learned about each other. They built those relationships and made those connections. Check out what verse 47 says, which is a real powerful verse to tie it all up. It says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I don't know a pastor, at least a sincere pastor, who would not love to see those last verses come into pass. God added to their number daily. How did that happen? It happened in small groups. It happened 
in each other's houses. It happened by getting to know each other. It's about building relationships. It's about connecting with people. Social media, I'm not going to hit on this a lot, but social media has really broken fellowship and relationship with many people. Yes, it can be used for good, but how many, let's just go with teenagers for a second, how many kids do you know who can actually carry on a conversation with someone without looking at their phone? I know kids that they can't talk to you unless they're texting it to you. They don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to relate to people because this society, it's all done online for them. So social media can be a good thing. So don't get me wrong. It can be used for good. But if it is consuming your time and taking the place of those relationships that you have, just having a friend on Facebook does not make that relationship sincere. That doesn't give you the relationship with that person. It just says, oh, I got a friend on Facebook. You have got to get to know people right where they're at. Hence the vision statement. Once again, reaching others where they're at. How did this stuff happen? How did God add to their numbers daily? How did they see miracles, signs, wonders? Because they had fellowship. They were making relationships. They were building and loving each other. It even said in those verses that they were selling all their possessions just so they could have money to give to the people that were in need. So they sold it all to give it away, to give that money away to be able to bless and help others. That's how that connection was taking place. I don't got time to go back and look at it now. Check it out in your own time. That was Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. Go check it out. Check it out. Here's the last area I want to kind of hit on that in non-essential beliefs we have liberty. What's a non-essential? Non-essential belief would be maybe some doctrinal differences that are not doctrinal, denominational differences, difference that don't amount to you going to heaven or not. They're not core doctrine. They're more of opinion on the way people think it should happen. Core doctrines, Trinity, salvation, baptism, all those things have to be there. Those are essential beliefs. The non-essentials would be the other stuff, the details, the stuff that causes people to argue and fight all the time in churches. It shouldn't, but it does. It causes people to fight. So what do we do in those situations? We focus on what we have in common. If you're a believer, the first thing you have in common is Jesus. He died. He rose again for you. You've got a relationship with him. That's the first thing you have in common with other believers. If you're relating to a non-believer, well, then you're going to have to find some common ground with that non-believer. Check out what Romans chapter 14 says, verse 1. It says, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. In other words, quit arguing about the stuff that doesn't amount. The old saying, doesn't amount to a hill of beans. That doesn't amount to anything in eternity. Quit arguing over piddly stuff. Now, Paul goes into some stuff. He's really talking about food in this passage. How there's some people that believed in this particular text that there's meats and things that couldn't be eaten. So he was saying, though, that if, you, if they have a problem with that, then you need to focus on how you can reach that person. But check out, he jumped down to verse 12. Here's what he says. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. What we just talked about. You don't want things to hinder you. You don't want to be a stumbling block for somebody else. The way you do that is focusing on stuff that really doesn't matter. That may just be your opinion on things. Focus on the hardcore doctrine. What do you believe? How can Jesus save me? How can Jesus change my life? 
Focus on those things. Then you jump down to verse 22. Here's what he says. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Notice it said he approves. Not what God approves, what you approve in your mind. Focus on what God approves. Those are the things that you need to focus on when you're trying to deal with people. What does God approve of? Let's focus on those things so that we can build relationships with other people. Because what's he saying here? He's saying if you focus too much on your opinion of things, you're going to condemn yourself because you're going to become a stumbling block to other people. Check out Galatians chapter 6. Going back to our key passage, we're getting ready to wrap this thing up as we get into our final point. Galatians chapter 6, verses 3 to 6. Here's what it says as we continue there. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. I like that. How many people, you know people that think they're something, but really they're not. Verse 4 says, each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Worry about your own issues. We've all got our own issues before we start judging others like we just read in Romans. Let's worry about our own issues. Jesus says, why are you worried about the splinter in their eye when there's a plank in your own eye? That's what Jesus said. Verse 6 said, nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Getting on that instructor note. Here's the deal. Another way, besides small groups and growth track, that we build on discipleship training here at Next Level Freedom Church is Next Level University. Some of you are like, what in the world is Next Level University? Here's the deal. Next Level University is a curriculum. It's our leadership training. It's a leadership training curriculum. Those that are called out to be leaders, we have Next Level University. It teaches you to go deeper, to grow, become more of a disciple for God so that you can continue to reach other people with your gifts. Why did you talk about all that other stuff about making a stumble block and things? Because when you are a leader and you're the one causing people to stumble, we've got a problem. Check out what 1 Timothy 2, 15 says. And this is the only one I really brought out of the King James Version this morning because I like the way it's worded better. It says, study to show yourself or to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you're studied up, you're going to know how to reach people. God wants us to study. It's kind of like in teaching. They teach, uh, teachers, they say you should never stop learning. You should never stop learning. It's the same for disciples. Disciples should never stop learning. You should constantly be growing, especially in your own personal time with God. You grow from there. So we offer this thing called Next Level University. It's a leadership curriculum. We go deeper. We talk about church history. We talk about the things that led us to this point. We talk about casting vision, leadership. All of these things are covered in Next Level University. This is another part and another step in discipleship training here at Next Level Freedom Church. Proverbs 8.5. This is the Good News Translation. Here's what it says. Are you immature? Learn to be mature. Are you foolish? Learn to have sense. It's got to be learned. You've got to train yourselves in how to do that. You've got to train yourself, I'm sorry, in how to do that. It begins with you. What are you doing at home? 
What are you doing to grow that relationship with God? 2 Peter 3.18. Here it is out of the Good News Translation as well. Check out what he says. But continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. That's what Peter had to say. Continue to grow. You should never stop learning. Even if you graduate, it's a two-year curriculum, even if you get past Next Level University and the training there, the encouragement after the Next Level University training is that you will continue to grow and continue to learn well beyond that training. Train yourself. Study. What did we say a minute ago? Study to show yourself approved. A workman to God. Study. Know the Word. Don't just believe anything that comes your way. Too many people are tossed about by the wind and the waves. They hear something. Well, it sounds good. Let's go over here. Well, you hear this. No, the way you get past all of that is to understand the Word of God yourself. I want to draw this to a close because next week we're going to continue. We're going to be talking about athletics and entertainment. We're going to hit both of those in the same week. And that is already some dirty words for the church. People out there listening, some people are like, oh, that stuff always interferes with God. But let me tell you, there is a way that you can use those things to reach other people exactly where they're at. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. But I never want to end a message, even though this is just me and you talking this morning. I never want to end a message without giving you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be saved. So that if you haven't done that, then don't worry about the rest of the stuff I'm talking about because it starts there. You have got to be saved. You've got to be born again. Those are one of those essential beliefs we talked about earlier. What does that mean, Trent? Well, the Bible uses this word called repent. What repent is, is an old military term. It means about face. So you're headed this way. Now you want to turn and go this way because your way is not working. So you're wanting to follow God's way for your life. So you repent. The Bible says that if you believe Jesus died and rose again, you shall be saved. What do you have to do? You have to ask. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How do you ask? You ask Him to come into your heart. It's real simple. There's a prayer that goes like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on now, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. I want to encourage you if you just prayed that prayer you accepted Christ for the first time I never want to leave without the opportunity I want you to go to the website nextlevelfreedomchurch.com click on the road to new life link at the top of the page that takes you to a separate website that I had done years ago when I was in college I needed to design a website so I'd never seen anything like it so I went and designed this one I wanted a place where the scriptures were there, the reasoning were there. It was a place that you could go, and the strangest person that doesn't know anything about it could go, and Christians could go to help witness to their brothers and sisters. I wanted a place for them to be able to go. So if you click that link, it takes you to a website. There are six pages. If you follow each page in the order that they are listed, it will walk you through the process, the steps, the reasons for salvation. It will even hit on the scriptures. It goes through the Romans road. It goes through different things to hopefully give you a better idea of what you have just done. Once you do that, you get to the bottom, there's a contact form. I want you to send it to me because I want to know that you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to celebrate with you. If you don't have a church home, 
Your next step is finding a church home. You need to have a place of fellowship. If you want to be a part of Next Level Freedom Church, first of all, we've got to see you in the church. We've got to see you in the building. We need to meet you, your family. You've got to go through Grove Track. That's how you join our house. We teach you more and more. We don't just leave you hanging, because that, I think, is one of the biggest problems in churches today, is that they leave people hanging. They get saved, maybe even get baptized, but then it's like, well, what do I do now? So we want to be able to guide you and disciple you in that way. Discipleship training is listed first in the mission statement because it is one of the most important things we do here at Next Level Freedom Church. And I say one because there are so many things we try to accomplish as a church. But the basics is telling people about Jesus, discipling people. It's first and foremost on our list. That's why we say reaching others where they're at. Thank you for tuning in. If you're tuning in online, I know this was a little bit different than what you're used to. You tune in next week. We're going to talk about athletics entertainment and what is that doing in our mission statement at all. I hope that you learned something here today. I'm sorry we didn't have the live presentation, but hopefully we'll have that back and rolling next week. So until next time, God bless. I'll see you next week.